Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. My dear cardio nerds, this is Amit Goyal. Join us on a new adventure as we journey through the maze of clinical practice guidelines. In this series, Decipher the Guidelines, we will take a deep dive into the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines, focusing on similarities and differences from the American guidelines. This is a multidisciplinary collaboration between the Cardiators, the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Preventive Cardiovascular Nurse Association, developed with a mentorship from Dr. Eugene Yang. And remember, CardioNerds is a fellow-founded, independent educational platform. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our employers. Do be a nerd and spread the word on social media and help others find us by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. And with that, it's time to get nerdy. The following question refers to Section 4.5 of the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. The question is asked by Dr. Mariam Barhordarian, answered first by pharmacy resident Dr. Anushka Tandon, and then by expert faculty Dr. Nareen Nazir. Dr. Nazir is an assistant professor of clinical medicine at the University of Illinois, Chicago, where she is the director of cardiac MRI and the preventive cardiology program. Thank you, Ahmed. Mr. V is a 37-year-old man who presents to clinic after a recent admission for anterior STEMI and is a status post-emergent percutaneous intervention to the proximal LAD. He has mixed hyperlipidemia and 10-pack year history of current tobacco smoking. Which of the following points related to tobacco use is least appropriate for today's visit? Choice A. Providing assessment and encouragement for smoking cessation, even if for only a 30-second very brief advice intervention. Choice B. Reviewing and offering pharmacotherapy support options for smoking cessation if Mr. B expresses readiness to quit today. Choice C. Recommending a switch from traditional cigarettes to e-cigarettes as a first step toward cessation as e-cigarettes are safer for use. Choice D. Discussing that smoking cessation is strongly recommended for all patients regardless of potential weight gain. So, Anushka, what are your thoughts about this question? Thanks for that great question. Here I would say answer C is the least appropriate and therefore is the correct answer. To restate it, answer C is recommending a switch from traditional cigarettes to e-cigarettes as a first step towards the station because e-cigarettes are safer for you. So although e-cigarettes may be more effective than nicotine replacement therapy or NRT as we refer to it for smoking cessation, the long-term effects of e-cigarettes on cardiovascular and pulmonary health are largely unknown. According to the 2019 ACC AHA Prevention Guidelines, e-cigarettes may increase the risk of cardiovascular and pulmonary diseases. Their use has been reportedly associated with arrhythmias and hypertension. Therefore, neither the ESC nor the ACC AHA suggest clinicians recommend e-cigarettes over traditional cigarettes to patients. Answer A, providing assessment and encouragement for smoking cessation, even if it's a very brief intervention, as short as 30 seconds, Smoking cessation is one of the most effective cardiovascular disease risk-lowering preventive measures with significant reductions in repeat myocardial infarctions or death, 
ESG guidelines emphasize the importance of encouraging smoking cessation. Very brief advice on smoking is a proven 30-second clinical intervention developed in the UK, which identifies smokers, advises them on the best method of quitting, and supports subsequent quit attempts. While ESC does not explicitly suggest a frequency of assessment, the 2019 ACC AHA guidelines specifically recommend that all adults should be assessed at every healthcare visit for tobacco use and their tobacco use status reported as a vital sign to facilitate cessation. So even if you have 30 seconds in a visit, a very brief advice session or an open-ended questioning for the patient would be appropriate. Answer B about reviewing and offering pharmacotherapy support options if the patient were to express readiness to quit. Let's talk about that a little bit. The ESC suggests as a class two recommendation that offering follow-up support, nicotine replacement therapy, varenicline, and bupropion individually or in combination should be considered in smokers. A meta-analysis of RCTs in patients with ASCVD reflects that varenicline, bupropion, telephone therapy, and individual counseling all increased quit rates versus placebo. The relative risk for varenicline was 2.6, for bupropion 1.4, for telephone therapy 1.5, and individual counseling 1.6. The NRT therapies were well tolerated but had inconclusive effects on fit rates. Uh, relative risk of 1.22 with a 95% confidence interval spanning from 0.72 to 2.06. The 2019 ACC AHA recommendation to combine behavioral and pharmacotherapy interventions to maximize set rates is a class one recommendation. Answer D, regarding smoking cessation and the discussion thereof being strongly recommended for all patients with some weight gain is also something I'd like to explore. The ESC gives a class one recommendation to recommend smoking cessation regardless of weight gain. Smokers who quit may expect an average weight gain of about five kilos, but the health benefits of tobacco cessation, both cardiovascular and non-cardiovascular, consistently outweigh risks from weight gain. Weight gain does not lessen the ASCVD benefits of cessation. The 2019 ACC AHA guidelines do not specifically comment on weight considerations with smoking cessation. So my main takeaway here is that stopping smoking is potentially the most effective of all preventive measures. All smoking of tobacco should be stopped as tobacco use is strongly and independently causal of ASDVD. Smoking cessation should be regularly assessed for and encouraged, and pharmacotherapy and follow-up support for cessation should be considered for patients who are ready for a quit attempt. Dr. Nazir, I'd love to hear your additional thoughts on this. I think from the main takeaway, we should maybe repeat what the first thing you said, which is stopping smoking is potentially the most effective of all preventive measures for ASCVD. And how are you going to stop smoking if you don't ask the patient, request the patient, making it that vital sign? So the fact that the ACCHA guidelines say that you need to assess patients at every healthcare visit for their tobacco use and their tobacco use status recorded as a vital sign just shows how important it is, but also shows the impact that we can have that if you do ask, you do engage the patient and try to get them to stop smoking, how much of an impact it's going to be on their cardiovascular health. Now, how do you do that? There's different ways. I think the ESC guidelines give a great example with a very brief advice for smoking cessation with 30-second clinical intervention developed in the UK where it's asked, which is establishing your recording smoking status, which we have in our guidelines, advise, advise on the best way of stopping which we recommend as well, and then at offering help. 
So offering help, smoking cessation counseling, be it pharmacologic therapy, it all starts once you've asked the patient. So you really have to make sure you take that time, but really 30 seconds, as you said, 30 seconds as we've got this smoking cessation clinical intervention can really impact cardiovascular disease risk. Why not take that time to do it? How do you approach that conversation with patients who might harbor concern or express fear of the weight gain that might be associated with smoking cessation? Well, I think when we talked about it in the beginning, how we said lifestyle modification is really one of the core components of preventive cardiology care and cardiovascular care, which is diet and exercise. So we're already going to counsel our patients on the benefits and diet and exercise, which of course is going to impact weight, hopefully weight loss. So hopefully we've already got that foundation going for the patient and they understand the importance of that, that it's going to impact their overall cardiovascular disease risk, but also help prevent this weight gain. So of course, patients who are smoking have this concern that when they do quit smoking, that they're going to have this weight gain. And I think this is a component that we don't think about as much as we should. And it's really great to see that this is brought up in the ESC guidelines. Since it's brought up in the guidelines, it's great to then bring it up when we're speaking to our patients and emphasize that the benefit of smoking cessation far outweighs the risk of the weight gain. And as I said earlier, we've already counseled the patients on lifestyle modification. We've already tried to educate them on how we're going to help them make sure that they're eating healthier, working to have appropriate physical activity to manage their weight. And hopefully, along with the concerns that they have with the weight gain smoking, we've already been able to mitigate that since we've been talking about and educating and set up the foundation for lifestyle modification. So regardless of the concern of weight gain or whatnot, I think across the board, and the strongest thing we can do and the easiest and the quickest thing we can do is smoking cessation. It's smoking cessation education. You don't need lab tests for it. You don't need to teach somebody how to use a blood pressure cuff for it. You don't need follow-up to come back and go over lab work, go over an ultrasound. You just need to have a conversation with the patient every time you see the patient to emphasize the benefits of smoking cessation. So I, I think it's one of the most impactful things we can do for our patients to reduce their risk of ASCVD. Thank you, Dr. Nazir, and thank you, Anushka, for this great discussion. So I wanted to say thank you so much to all of you at CardioNerds for this opportunity and for all that you're doing for the field of cardiology. It seems like the guideline program is a new initiative for the CardioNerds project, and I'm so glad to be a part of this component. I'm so glad to participate in a program such as this, which touches on so many aspects that makes cardiology so fantastic. I hope along with the educational component, these programs demonstrate how multifaceted the field of cardiology is and that the field can be tailored to your interests. So I hope all of those listening look at the field closely and decide to choose cardiology as a career. Beep. Beep.